Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. to the FCS Fever Podcast. Let's get it going. We turn up the heat on FCS football, available wherever you get your podcasts. The FCS Fever Podcast is presented by Betfred Sports and part of the Aaron Torres media feed. I'm Chris Sylvester, and this is our Week 7 preview show. It's the biggest weekend of the season for a lot of FCS football fans. This Saturday in the Fargo Dome, top-ranked, North Dakota State, number two. South Dakota State square off in the first 1v2 matchup in the FCS since 1992. We'll hear from Andy Rickoff in just a moment. He'll join us to break down the matchup and survey other programs making noise in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. And as always, we'll have our top five hottest matchups of the week in the FCS. But before we dive into all that, we have a very special announcement to make. Our friends at Betfred Sportsbook have put out an exclusive early line for the Dakota Marker game this weekend. That's right. It's already out. It's available to bet right now. Most books drop FCS lines Friday or Saturday. But our friends at Betfred know how big of a game this is in the FCS. They know how big it is for you, the fans. So we'd like to remind you the FCS Fever Podcast is presented by Betfred Sports. When you play in the Betfred Sportsbook, no one gives out more free bonuses than Betfred. The more you bet, the bigger the bonus. The good news, they'll be putting out lines for FCS games all season long. They are committed to being the best book anywhere for fans of the FCS. Started in 1967 by Fred Dunn in Europe. They're huge over there. Getting pretty big over here. And they've hit the market in a big way. Now the official betting partners of the Cincinnati Bengals the Denver Broncos, and the Colorado Rockies, among other pro sports teams in the U.S. Currently licensed, Betfred Sports, Arizona, Colorado, Iowa, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Louisiana, Washington, and soon Ohio. Sign up today. Place a $50 bet this weekend on whatever you want, and Betfred will give you a bonus $250 for betting. It's a pretty good deal. I recommend it while it's available. This weekend... When South Dakota State visits North Dakota State, you can go bet right now in the Betfred Sportsbook. Our friends at Betfred have this game listed as a pick'em. Nobody's favored. Nobody's an underdog. Even money on South Dakota State. Even money on North Dakota State. The over/under in this game has opened at 46 and a half. 
on Betfred. I'm going to tell you who I like and why when we get into our top five hottest matchups later. I'll also give you my pick on that over-under, which has started at 46-and-a-half in this weekend's Dakota Marker game. For our friends in South Dakota, we know we're not licensed in South Dakota yet, but it's not all that far of a schlep to go bet at the Betfred Sportsbook in Larchwood, Iowa, 1415 Grand Falls Boulevard, Larchwood, Iowa. Give them a call, 712-777-3733. And if you're insulted at the line, if you feel like you have a really good inkling on what's going to happen in the game, maybe you like that over, maybe you like that under, maybe you like the Bison at home despite them not playing the best football the last few weeks, you can go bet right now on the Betfred Sportsbook, our exclusive early Dakota marker line. It is a pick em between 1 and 2 this weekend in the FCS from the Fargo Dome. All right, Andy Rickoff from the Bison 1660 in Fargo. Let's just call him our resident Missouri Valley insider. He joins us now. Hey, this is a pretty big football game in Fargo this weekend, the old Dakota marker game. What's the feeling in and around NDSU as the Bison get ready for the Jackrabbits this weekend? Hey, Chris, I'll definitely take the title, Missouri Valley correspondent, Something expert, like that. whatever you want to do, <laughs> insider, whatever you want to go with. That's fine with me. Yeah, it's a, it's a big game. It's, it's a massive game. It's the, the biggest game on the schedule every year. And I say that because playoff games and national championship games aren't on the schedule every year for NDSU. So that's the biggest game for NDSU on the schedule every year is wherever that uh, Dakota market game is being played. It's the same thing this year, even with an FBS, FBS game against Arizona. Everyone wanted that Dakota marker game, mainly because SDSU has won it the last two times, and they've won it four of the last, the last six uh, years. So uh, it's time for that rock to come back to Fargo. That's the way a lot of fans in NDSU and around the Fargo area feel, and I know it's the way the team feels, but SDSU is not going to let that thing go either. It's uh, as big as it gets. It's not just the marker game. It's not just a rivalry game. It's number one and two in the polls. It's uh, the, the top teams in the country. It's the first time in the history of the Fargo Dome that the top two teams will be playing inside the Dome. It's never happened before. It's only happened twice now. This will be the second time in the history of the FCS that the top two teams in the country match up in the regular season. So there's a lot of things that this, this matchup does not happen very often, not just in, uh, in NDSU or in the Valley, but in the FCS. This does not happen very often. So it's a really exciting game. Hey, well, obviously, being in Fargo and being a part of the pre- and post-game halftime shows with NDSU, you've, you've got a little bit more of an inside track on the Bison. And, you know, you look at the resume so far, no, nobody really tested them the first couple weeks of the season. You had Drake at home, North Carolina A&T, and then you go to Arizona, and, and that was a game where, regardless of how you feel about the Bison, if you're an FCS football fan, you wanted NDSU to keep it pushing with the FBS streak. It didn't happen. Arizona wins the game by three points. Maybe you point to a decision to go for it on fourth down. You look back at the, the red zone fumble early in the game. There's a lot of things where NDSU could have won that game. It could have gone a different direction, but they lose it. And, and personally, I thought after losing that Arizona game that NDSU would play pissed off the next few weeks and really beat the brakes off of everybody they played leading up to South Dakota State. That, that hasn't happened. I mean, they were down a touchdown at the half, had a really good second half to get by South Dakota on the road. Youngstown State, I think Youngstown State a lot better than people thought they'd be. They 
kept it pretty close for the entire game. I, I don't think there was ever a point in the game where anybody thought Youngstown State was going to win, but it never really felt like the Bison pulled away from the Penguins. And then, most recently, you go to Indiana State, and, and that's a good barometer for the top five in the FCS because Montana went there. They beat the brakes off of Indiana State earlier this season. Indiana State had a better showing after that against Northern Iowa on the road. Turns out Northern Iowa was not that good. But NDSU, they sneak out of there with a five-point win. And you dive a little deeper into the numbers last week at Indiana State. They did pick up more than 550 yards in total offense. They couldn't finish drives. They had three lost fumbles. But the consensus around the FCS right now is maybe NDSU just isn't as dominant as they've been in years past. Are there some in Fargo a little concerned with what they've seen from the Bison these first six games of 2022? Well, there's clearly some concern from the fan base. There's definitely fans. You, you, you talk to them, and there's concerns. I think there's some, I don't want to say frustrations, but a feeling of not being satisfied with, uh, with where the team is at and where some of those final scores are at. And you're right. You know, when you, you lost to Arizona, you figure you're going to come through and not that you're just going to win games because you're NDSU, but you know, like you said, when you when NDSU loses games, typically that next week is an absolute shellacking, and it just it wasn't that way. You were down at half against USD, and then down at half again against Indiana State, a team that you hadn't been trailing in a game since 2012, hadn't trailed in a game, much less lost a game to them in in a decade, and uh, we're trailing in that game at half. So those ones were surprising. There's no way around it. I'm not going to put lipstick on a pig. It, those weren't. Bison football wins. Now they were wins, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Five and one, undefeated against the FCS, undefeated in the Valley. That's what matters. That's all that, that it comes down to. But you also got to win those games and feel confident about those victories to feel confident about this game this weekend because you're going to face a really good team. You're probably the best team NDSU's faced, and I'll throw Arizona in there. I think SDSU might even be a better team than Arizona. I thought NDSU was a better team than Arizona, and I thought they were the better team in the game. They just didn't win it. The thing that's been holding NDSU back, and in all three of those games you mentioned, the thing that held them back is the turnovers. Turnover against Arizona in the red zone. That doesn't happen. That's at least three points on the board, probably a touchdown because they were within the five-yard line, and then you win that game. Against USD, they turned it over twice in the final two minutes of the first half. They had three first-half turnovers. Can't have that. That's why that game was close at half and why they were trailing at half to USD. Second half, no turnovers. They force a couple of turnovers, and it's an entirely different story. They completely destroyed USD in the second half. Again, against Indiana State, what they do? They turn the ball over three times. They had four fumbles and lost three of them. That can't happen. Those are, are points off the board, and it keeps a team like Indiana State that no disrespect to Indiana State. They don't deserve to be in a game against NDSU. It keeps them in a game against NDSU. And when a team that probably is a, a worse team sh that shouldn't be in a game is left in a game, they start fighting a little bit more, and they think, why not us? And that's exactly what happened in, in that game against Indiana State. They said, why not us? We can do this. We got the lead. Let's hold on to it. And they made enough plays. That's probably the best game Indiana State can play. They didn't turn it over once. They didn't have a single penalty the, in the entire game, and they forced three turnovers. NDSU still won the game. That's the thing at the end is your opponent played the best game they could and still wasn't enough to beat you. So that's the positive you can take away from it. And the other positive from last week is, like you said, 500 total yards of offense, over 200 yards passing. There's some good things in all these games. The problem is there's just a, a thing here or a thing there, whether it be penalties in one game, turnovers in another, where it's you just can't find that consistency play in and play out to run away from those teams. But at the end of the day, they're still 5-1, and one, and now it's a new week this week. Doesn't mean they can't play their best game all season this week against their best opponent. 
Andy Rickoff, Bison 1660, breaking down the upcoming Dakota Marker game with us on FCS Fever. You look at the other side, South Dakota State, and, and look, the resumes aren't that far apart in my opinion. You know, you, you both have Power 5 losses. They were both close losses. NDSU's uh, was, was more of a shootout than obviously the 7-3 yeah. no, no touchdown game for South Dakota State at Iowa week one, but it turns out you know, that Iowa defense is legit. Iowa's not as good as they've been in years past this season, and that's why I thought South Dakota State would beat them all the way back on Labor Day weekend. Turns out the defense was just a little too much uh, for the Jackrabbits to overcome, and, and this is something you and I have been talking about since before the season started, but it, it has not necessarily been a clean and easy adjustment between Jason Eck and the new offensive coaching regime over there at South Dakota State. Obviously, you're working Mark Kronowski back into the fold, and they've gotten better, but this is nowhere near the offense that I think a lot of people expected South Dakota State to have coming into the season. I mean, a lot of time left before you get to the FCS playoffs. Maybe this is a group that's just starting to gel at the right time before they head to Fargo this weekend, but... For a South Dakota State team, and really outside of the loss at Iowa, I think their only real test has been on the road at Missouri State. And right now, Missouri State's sitting around looking at four losses, and they've got a win out. And even a win out scenario for Missouri State might not be enough for the Bears to have a sexy enough resume to get into the FCS playoffs. What are some of the concerns you see on offense for South Dakota State? Because if there's anything I've taken away from the Jackrabbits' 5-1 and one start, it's been their terrific play on defense. Yeah, the defense has been great. It's been it's been a, a shutout defense, no doubt. Offensively, one thing you didn't mention, Tucker Kraft goes out in that game against SDSU. When you lose a tight end, that's not just a tight end or a good tight end. He's a great tight end. He's a guy that is top three or four in that position group in the entire country for college football. FCS, FBS, D1, D2, D3, whatever you want to say, people say he could be the top two or three tight end taken in the next NFL draft. So when you lose a player like that, it's going to be a big loss and a little bit of an adjustment period. Now they do have Hines, their other tight end, who's been phenomenal, the third leading receiver on the season so far in terms of yardage, but it's just not quite Tucker Kraft. Now Kraft could be back in this game. If you have to ask me, I, I think he won't based off people I've talked to around South Dakota State's program. I don't think he'll be back for this game. And if he is, it's going to be on an, an extremely limited basis. But once he is back and fully 100%, I think this offense will take off to another level. The other thing that's been inconsistent early on was their running game. It was a little bit hit and miss, and again, they lost Pierre Strong Jr. to graduation from this last year. So when you have a player that was, in my opinion, a top three running back in the entire country last year, I can make a solid argument he was the top running back in the country the last couple of years. That's also going to be an adjustment period. Now, Isaiah Davis has also been a very good running back for them the last few years. It's kind of a thunder and lightning combo with Pierre Strong, and then he's the, the lead back. I'll say this about the offense. I think they've, they've started to put it together. I think these last couple of weeks where they put up uh, 28 points, I believe, in the second half against Missouri State, they had over 200 yards of offense in that first half uh, and, and just didn't have the points maybe to show for it. But they're putting up yards against Missouri State and put up some points in the second half against them. And then 28 points against USD last week, they're starting to look in really good form. And I think really starting to click at the right time for them. If they get that running game going, with a player like Isaiah Davis, who is just a physical downhill smash you in the mouth kind of running back, 
and their passing game starts to come together a little bit more too with the Yankee twins and Gronowski feeling more and more confident coming off the injury. Their offense is still scary, no doubt about it, but get Tucker Craft back to 100% of those. It will also look a lot different then. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Andy Rickoff with us. Bison 16-60 out in Fargo. That's where the big game is this weekend, the Dakota Marker game. You know, the Big Sky, they're starting to get a couple linear games on the ESPN family of networks every year. And obviously, Midco Sports is really big out there in the Midwest. I'm hoping that there's a point in time where there's an FCS game of the week on linear television because I, I think the product is getting better and better at the FCS level. I think with the transfer portal, you're seeing more and more talent at the FCS level. To me, it's an absolute shame that this game isn't on national TV. Now, I'm not going to ask for a prediction, but in terms of how this game might go is this going to be the first out of two meetings between these two teams do they maybe see each other again in frisco do they maybe see each other again in the semifinals of the postseason or do you think that the loser of this game is in some serious trouble moving forward in terms of competing for a national title i'll start off with the beginning there of what you're talking about first off i, th- I think this game should be on linear television or some other way to watch it and that's not a dig at midco or WDAY, that there's a television side for NDSU. Obviously, this is a game they want. When you have a media rights deal, they want to have the biggest game on the schedule, and I totally get that. But I'm with you. More exposure for the FCS when you've got two of the top teams. I know this was a game early on before the season got going. We were thinking college game day might even come to this one. You know, the the, the slate didn't look that good preseason. It looks a lot better when you got a, a top six matchup in the SEC and a top five matchup in the Big Ten, though, so we understand it. But I'd love for this game and for the FCS and for the Valley to get even more exposure, kind of like what the Big Sky is doing with a couple of games on the ESPN family and networks. Overall, though, um, for the for this game, I think it has a lot of meaning, not just because it's a rivalry, because it's a Dakota marker game, but because of the whole feel around the FCS. I'm not going to sit here and tell you Montana and Montana State can't win the title because I think they're good enough to get the Frisco and then anything can happen in a one game setting. But these are the top two teams in my mind for the title. And when you got the top two teams, it just it, it adds something a little bit extra to it. You feel like the winner of this game probably wins the Valley. SDSU, they've already faced Missouri State. They will have already faced NDSU after this week, and they don't face Southern Illinois. So if they win this game, they got the inside track for the one seed and to win the Valley, and that means you're probably the number one overall seed, first round by, and you're at home through the playoffs. If you lose this game in your SDSU, well, now you got to hope that NDSU drops a game to Southern Illinois and then drops another game somewhere else 
because other than that happening, you're not going to win the Valley. So really, whoever wins this game, NDSU or SDSU, you got the inside track for the one seed, inside track for you know first round by everything else that that one seed gives you home throughout the entire playoffs. And the loser of this game probably isn't going to be a, a top two seed. Now, they're still going to be a seeded team. They're still going to get a first round by, in my opinion. I just don't see either of these teams going out on some prolonged losing streak. But it, it feels like there's a lot more at stake this year than there has been in years past. The other side of it, too, is SDSU has never been the number one ranked team in the country. They win this game, they'll get that for the first time. So there's other little things that play into this. But I think no matter who loses this game, is there's still definitely – in line to go to Frisco and, and be able to get to a championship game, uh, but they just will have a tougher path because of the way the playoffs are set up. And the last part of your question, I'd love to say they meet in Frisco. I would, but the committee in, in years past, now it's changed the last couple of years, but I've seen a lot of years they put NDSU and SDSU on that same side of the bracket. Maybe it's a semifinal matchup. Maybe it's a Frisco matchup. And again, the Montana schools will definitely play a factor into this one, too. I don't mean to just disregard them, uh, but these two teams seem like the top teams in the, the FCS at this point and have to come down to how the, the committee puts them into the bracket and where they match up down the road. Hey, and let's not forget Sacramento State. I, I think Sacramento no, State is a lot better than they were last year. Uh, obviously, they, they were given a tough home playoff game after getting a bye in the first round, and they lost to South Dakota State. I think Sac State, the way that offense is built, the way that they've been able to improve on defense out in the big sky, I, I think they are serious national championship contenders. I want to get your thoughts on a couple other Valley schools before we let you go here. One being the school that I think is playing the best out of any Valley school right now, and that's the Salukis from Southern Illinois. It's like a, a flip switch for them. They lost two tough games to two ranked teams, UIW off the bat, who has one of the most explosive offenses in college football, and then they lose a close game against rival Simo, who's been a constant in the top 25. Their lone blemish, a loss against Iowa State. Since then, Southern Illinois, not only have they won four straight, but they've done it in very impressive fashion by taking down North Dakota, by taking down Missouri State. Obviously, it all got started with a Big Ten win at Northwestern. How much of a threat is Southern Illinois to one of these top Dakota teams in the Missouri Valley later on in the season? Very real threat. Extremely real threat. They've been good for a while. That's why the first two games are so surprising. We're just shocked that this team that, you know, if you go back seven, eight, nine years, they hadn't been good in a while. But for the last four or five, like Nick Hill has turned that program around. They've been extremely respectable go back to the spring season they beat ndsu when ndsu traveled out to play southern illinois so they're a good team which is why the first couple of weeks were shocking and now i think they got back to playing saluki football they're, they're running the ball better protecting their defense which can be liability at, at, at some point but they're doing a good job of bending and not breaking uh, forcing some turnovers as well getting after the quarterback so they're playing better football and there's no doubt about it and again like i said sdsu i don't believe plays them ndsu plays them towards the end of the season so you know, it's, let's say NDSU wins this game against SDSU this weekend. Southern Illinois keeps on winning. They will have won out. NDSU will have won out. Second to last week of the season, the Bison play the Salukis. You know, that could be for the conference. That's really how it could be. And, and Southern Illinois has got a path with no SDSU on the schedule. They're done with UND. They're done with Missouri State. Like, now, there's other decent teams out there. I think Youngstown State's better than people give them credit for. USD can show up on a random week and really give somebody the fits and, and give someone a, a tough time in a game. 
but the schedule sets up well for Southern Illinois. They, you know, they're probably cheering for NDSU to win this game against SDSU to give the Jackrabbits a loss. So that is kind of off the board. And then the Salukis can hopefully beat NDSU to win the Valley. That's their path to win it. And that's a legit path. They're a legitimate threat because they're a quality program. Uh, well said. I, I think a team like Southern Illinois, as well as they're playing right now, they want to control their own destiny. South Dakota State wins this weekend and wins out the rest of the season, which would look pretty good after winning Fargo, although I, I wouldn't dismiss uh, a trap game the following week in Grand Forks against the North Dakota no. team that looks pretty darn good here. Uh, I think Southern Illinois is in a good spot moving forward. All good points on that front. The last team I want to kind of touch on here is a team that's really slipping right now, and, and I don't know if they've already slipped to their own downfall this season, but I'm talking about Missouri State. Off to a 2-0 start. They go to Central Arkansas win. They avenge the playoff loss from last year. They beat UT Martin second week of the season. If you would have told me at halftime of their game at Arkansas that the calendar would have flipped deep into the month of October and they'd still have just two wins. I would have called you crazy. There was a lot of me that thought that Missouri State was, was going to be able to take that to the finish line at Arkansas. It didn't happen. Hogs had a huge fourth quarter. But that game, seemingly their downfall. They lose to South Dakota State the next week. Can't really get the offense going. They get blown out in, at North Dakota. They open up a two-touchdown lead this past weekend against Southern Illinois. And then Southern Illinois puts up 38 unanswered points. So right now I'm looking at this Missouri State resume to this point. Yes, they're sitting at 2-4. and four. They can't afford another loss, but they're 0-3 in the Valley. And, and a lot of those opportunities to pick up good resume wins have come and gone because this is what they have the rest of the way. They're at Northern Iowa. They host Western Illinois. They go to South Dakota. They host Youngstown State and they go to Indiana State. Now, they're probably going to be favored and probably going to be heavily favored in most, if not all, of these final five games. But even if they win out, is the resume enough for Missouri State to get an at-large to the FCS playoffs? It's a great question, Chris. It really is. And I've been struggling with it myself all week, and I was right there with you. If you had told me only two wins after Arkansas at half, I would have called you insane. I would have uh, checked you into an in insane asylum because I thought they could have won that game in Arkansas. I, th I thought that was crazy that they were even you know, really in contention for it. And, again, their next three games, SDSU, UND, Southern Illinois, those are probably playoff teams. So they didn't have an easy stretch there. I'll give them that. But I thought they'd win – at least one of them, right? At least one of those ones you guys can get the win. For me, it's just the, their offensive line is just not good enough. We knew that coming into the year, but it's been worse than I think we even thought it was going to be, even though they have some returners back on it from a year ago. Haven't been able to protect Jason Shelley. It really affected them against SDSU. They only had, I believe, 36 total yards at halftime against the Jacks and just haven't been able to consistently move the ball. Playing up at UND is a difficult place to play sometimes, especially for top teams that go in there. Uh, just it's, a, it's a weird things happen up in Grand Forks, and they struggle there, and then just couldn't get anything going defensively because they can't prolong drives consistently. They expose their defense to, you know, drive after drive with only a minute or two in between because they're not able to extend a lot of drives on offense. So their defense gets tired out, and they just can't protect Jason Shelley and get it to their playmakers. I think they also suffer from not having – the same caliber of running game they had in years past where they they're relying a little bit too much on Jason Shelley. And I'd agree with you seven and four, you know, I can make a case. It gets in. I can make a case. It's left out. It probably depends on what other teams are on the bubble with you. That really is what it comes down to. How many teams from the big sky do you think get in? Does Idaho get enough wins to be considered for, or do they falter? If they do, then you're probably only getting four from the big sky. 
does the CAA eat, eat, eat itself up and you only have two teams from the CAA that are worthy of getting into the playoffs? If all that happens, a 7-4 and four team from the Valley probably gets in. But if you look on their resume and your best win is UT Martin, sorry, you just don't have a strong resume. That's how it is. You had opportunities and you, you kind of let them all slip, and that's where the Bears are at right now. Yeah, and I think it's a combination of that and, and the, the final five games for them. Those teams have to start playing better. The Northern Iowa's, the yeah. Youngstown States of the and world. And I tell you, Northern Iowa's a good win most years, but right now it's not a good win, unfortunately. No, they, they are certainly having it down here. Andy, always appreciate your time. You're going to be all over the Dakota Marker game this weekend. Where can fans follow you on social media? Yeah, you can follow me at Andy on the AM. You can also follow our station at Bison1660. Plenty of updates for you, highlights, that kind of stuff from the game. And uh, definitely going to be a fun one. NDSU, SDSU, man, doesn't get much bigger than this one for the FCS. Good stuff, Andy. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Chris. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Good stuff, as always, from our friend Andy Rickoff breaking down the Missouri Valley. I think that's the best Missouri Valley football coverage you're going to find anywhere around FCS podcasts, radio shows, this week, kind of breaking down things, breaking down the Dakota Marker game. We've got the inside track with Andy out in Fargo and certainly looking forward to seeing how that game shakes out. It's time for our FCS Fever Top 5 Hottest Matchups of the Week. Let's do it. That's the sound. The time has come. The FCS Fever Top 5 Hottest Matchups as we maneuver our way into the middle of October, already week seven of the college football, the FCS season. We're going to start with number five out of the A-Sun. And this one will kick early, 1 o'clock Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. A couple of teams that probably didn't expect to find themselves where they are through six games and five games. I'm talking about Central Arkansas visiting Kennesaw State. 
Now the Bears made a lot of noise a couple of weeks ago with the blowout takedown of a previously unbeaten in the FCS against FCS competition, Austin P program. That was a very impressive showing, 49-20. That came on the heels of a game where they nearly knocked off Southeast Missouri State, only lost that game by a touchdown. Their other blemishes, a home loss against Missouri State, a loss at Ole Miss, and a win at Idaho State. And if you know anything about the FCS and the Big Sky, a win at Idaho State isn't always easy. Just ask Montana, who nearly went in there and had a stumble a few weeks ago. Just ask a UC Davis team that was rolling in the top 10 last season. Central Arkansas since a 52-49 home loss against Division I newcomer Lindenwood, a loss that not many saw coming. So the Bears, already sitting at 2-4, and four, they can't afford another loss if they want to see the FCS playoffs in 2022. On the other hand, you have Kennesaw State, a team that has made a lot of noise at this level of late, came into the season with sky-high expectations, but a week one loss at Samford, followed by a blowout loss at Cincinnati, a narrow win over a mess of a Wofford program, and then a touchdown loss at Jacksonville State and a six-point win most recently over North Alabama. Now, Kennesaw State sitting at two and three. They could afford one more blemish. Their losses aren't bad. Samford's really good. Cincinnati and FBS, Jacksonville State soon to be transitioning. But you look at the schedule the rest of the way, and it's not going to be cookies for Kennesaw State. I think they need to really get this one this week. They'll host Tennessee Tech and Charleston Southern the following two weeks, two games I figure they'll be favored in, and maybe they can find their footing in time for what could be a very tumultuous finish because you look at what they have in November at UT Martin, hosting Austin P and at Walt Wells in Eastern Kentucky. I like Kennesaw State here. I think there's a little more urgency and a little more momentum flowing for the Owls right now. But Central Arkansas, how disappointed might they be after that win that seemingly changed the trajectory of their season over Austin P? They get outshot by Lindenwood, 52-49 last week. I don't know how the Bears respond. Going on the road's going to be tough. Early game's going to be tough. I'll take Kennesaw State here in our number five, top five hottest matchups of the week in the FCS. Number four will take you back to the CAA. Haven't they been offering up some terrific football this year? Led by a top 10 first place Elon Phoenix team whose lone loss came to Vanderbilt, a game they outplayed Vanderbilt much of the game, especially in the second half. They hit the road this week and take on CAA Perennial Power Rhode Island. The Rams sitting at 3-2. and two. They opened 2-0 and oh this season with wins at Stony Brook and Bryant, but then a setback against Delaware and Pitt led to a 2-2 two and two record after four games. They did bounce back against Ivy League Brown in a resounding 38-10 effort next, uh, rather, last week. I think this is going to be a really tough game for Elon to win. When you play in a tough conference like the CAA, especially how good the CAA is this year, and you're playing playoff team after playoff team seemingly week in and week out, Elon's on a five-game winning streak. Elon on a five-game winning streak. They have proven with wins at William & Mary, a shutout of Wofford on the road, a competitive effort, as we mentioned, against Vandy, that this team plays well, whether at home and away. Doesn't seem to matter for Matt McCann company 
I think it's a big test this weekend on the road at Rhode Island. This is a resume potential win for the Rams, sitting at 3-2 and two overall, 1-1 one and one in conference play. And you look at what's ahead for Rhode Island. It doesn't get much easier. The following two weeks at Monmouth, at William & Mary, the schedule softens out towards the end with games against Maine, New Hampshire, and Albany. But to avoid finishing with more than four losses and, more importantly, bolstering the resume with a couple of good wins. I think Rhode Island needs to win two of the next three. No better opportunity than at home against Elon. I have a lot of respect for that coaching regime over there. Tony Trishiani has just done a fantastic job building Elon up. I think Elon has deep playoff run potential, but I like Rhode Island here with the urgency in a must-win game. Feeling good after the blowout win, a four-touchdown perseverance over Brown. Give me an upset in the CAA, and it's no slight to Elon. I think this is going to be a good game. Matt McKay doesn't lose very often, but I think Rhode Island, the Rams, get the better of Elon this week. Number three, we'll take you out to the big sky. A couple of teams that have performed very well off the bat. I'm talking about the Idaho Vandals under Jason Eck, the ex-South Dakota State offensive coordinator in his first season. Of course, we've talked a lot about the two FBS losses out of the gate, two games where if you're Idaho, you can't really hang your head about it, right? Because you led at Washington State, you led at Indiana. Games just got out of hand in the second half. Both were competitive. Since then, Idaho, a resounding win over Drake, a 17-point road victory at Northern Arizona where the defense looked good, and a great shootout win, 20-point victory at home over Northern Colorado, 55-35. Both teams coming off the bye week. This is a rivalry game, and it's Montana. It's the Grizzlies. It's a consensus top-five team in the FCS. It's a team that feels they can win an FCS title this season. You look at the resume so far for Montana. A win at home over Northwestern State. It wasn't competitive. Uh, at a slugfest of a game where they beat South Dakota 24-7. They blow out Indiana State on the road, who had NDSU on the ropes most recently, and open the big sky. A win at home against Portland State 53-16. And a narrow win, as we mentioned, at Idaho State. I think this is going to be a lot better of a game than most expect. I think Idaho will have their chances. I think Montana, the home crowd at Washington Grizzly, proving to be a little too much. I'm going to take the Grizzlies here, but I think we see another step forward for Idaho under Jason Eck. Is there a world where Idaho goes to Washington Grizzly and wins this game? Maybe. But I like Montana here. I think the Grizz roll, and that would set up a doozy of a matchup at Sac State, assuming the Hornets can take care of business at Eastern Washington on ESPN2 the following weekend. Number two, we're going back to the CAA. We're going to Richmond, the home of the Spiders, where the Villanova Wildcats will come on to town this weekend. That game will kick at 3.30 Eastern. I will have to say it's very frustrating because I was trying to watch the end of that Delaware and William and Mary game last week, it's behind a massive paywall on Flow Sports. And it's honestly a good bang for your buck with how good the CAA is this year. But come on, man. Everything's on ESPN+. Plus. The CAA needs to get on ESPN plus ASAP to get the type of exposure they deserve with how good the conference is this year. Villanova sitting at 3-2. and two, And it's tough to make what the Wildcats are through five games because they opened with a couple of blowout wins over non-competitors Lehigh and Long Island. Then they lost games at Army and a shootout 49-42 at home against Monmouth, most recently bouncing back with a resounding win 45-20 on the road at Maine against the Black Bears, who have not fared well this season. 
Richmond, on the other hand, they've had a bye week in between that heartbreaking two-overtime loss at Elon where they had a chance to win in regulation, had a chance to win in both the overtimes, and just couldn't get it done against the Phoenix. I like Richmond with the bye week in this game. I think maybe Villanova would have had a better chance if Richmond was rolling over and licking its wounds from that two-overtime loss, but I think that's enough time for the Spiders to have regrouped. I like Richmond to bounce back at home. And for Villanova, sitting at 3-2, and two, they can only afford another loss or two, and you wonder what the resume is going to look like the rest of the way. If they don't beat Richmond on the road this weekend, they do have a couple of soft spots in the schedule coming up, home games against Albany-Hampton, a road visit to Towson, but then they close the season at William & Mary and hosting Delaware. Villanova would like to right the ship, win this game this weekend, get their season back on track. But right now, I like Richmond to take care of business. They've only lost one FCS game, came in double overtime against a top-10 Elon team. Give me the Spiders over the Wildcats in the CAA. Number one, that leads us to our top matchup in the FCS. It is no surprise, the Dakota Marker game from Fargo. 5-1, and one, South Dakota State visits 5-1, and one, North Dakota State. The lone blemishes here, a couple of Power 5 losses, narrow losses at that all the way back in September, South Dakota State. I think they're playing a better brand of football most recently, a 28-3 win over their rivals of South Dakota last week in Brookings. Meanwhile, North Dakota State, they've had turnover woes, and that's led to some uncharacteristic winning scores for the Bison, a five-point win at Indiana State most recently. But before that, games against Youngstown State and South Dakota where the Bison never really felt like they were in control until the final minutes. Look, I know many around the FCS feel like South Dakota State is the better football team, and that may be true. But going to the Fargo Dome and beating a Bison team that clearly is frustrated with the way they've been playing of late, give me the Bison here. I like North Dakota State. Remember, our friends at Betfred have already released this line. It's a pick -em. so you get even money on North Dakota State or South Dakota State whoever you might choose. The over-under for this game has been set at 46.5. I like the under here. I think both of these offenses are making some strides despite eking out that win last week. You can't forget the Bison had more than 550 yards of total offense. If North Dakota State can hold on to the football, I think that home crowd will be enough to push past Granowski and the Jackrabbits. I do expect this to be a defensive slugfest. I think Davis gets held in check. I think Hunter Lepke is the better back in this matchup, and I don't doubt that this will be the first of two Dakota Marker games this season with the other obviously coming somewhere deep in the FCS playoffs. All right. Good stuff as always from Andy Rickoff. Hope you liked our top five. Maybe you'll think Sac State Eastern should be in the top five. Maybe Tarleton, Stephen F. Austin. Some of the honorable mentions, but I like the way we kind of shaped it up. The CAA continues to give us great competitive football, and we're all going to be locked in on the Dakota Marker game. Number two, South Dakota State. Top-ranked North Dakota State from the Fargo Dome this weekend. Betfred Sports, our sponsor here on the FCS Fever Podcast, part of the Aaron Torres Media Feed. Go bet! Take the under! Take the bison. I'm Chris Sylvester. We'll see you next time as we recap week seven.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.